A Love Letter to Mersey Rail by Mandy Redvers Rowe My darling Mersey Rail, I can't tell you how much I miss you. Miss being with you, travelling with you. It has been so many days, weeks now, since we were last together. Do you remember the last time? Do you? <laughs> Why would you? I mean, you have so many people to keep track of. But don't worry, because I remember it perfectly. It was a Thursday in March. The 12th. Or perhaps the 19th. It was when I went to Liverpool for that meeting. I got the 12.53. Or did I miss that one and get the 108? Anyway, it was the afternoon. What I'm trying to say is that even though I can't be with you, I think of you a lot. All the time. Well, most days. Especially now we're in lockdown. Locked down. Locked in at home. Only out once a day for exercise. But it's for the best. You do understand that, don't you? You see, I can't be with you. Your spaces are too confined. Inside the carriages, others will be sharing my air, will breathe their hidden germs upon me, contaminate me. So painful though it is, I have to stay away. But I know you're still there. Know that you haven't deserted me, for I hear your every morning as you glide into the station. Sometimes, as I lie in bed, I imagine what it would be like to go on a journey with you. The sort of trip I used to do every day. In my mind, I harness up Sally, walk down our small driveway and cross the road. We turn left, then right, onto Albion Street. I walk quickly, because as usual I've cut it fine and I'm worried I'll be late. When we reach Atherton Street, I turn left, walk down the hill, cross Victoria Road and reach New Brighton Station. I've arrived. As we walk onto the platform, the guard is chatting to the driver. They see Sally and me. Hiya love, you okay getting on the train? Sally locates the open door and we jump into the carriage. Sally first, me next. We like to show off. Sally finds me my favourite seat. It's the one by the guard's door facing it, so I'm going backwards, with the window on my right. I hear the electronic announcement listing all the stops that we'll be calling at. Then that little bleep 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 as the door shuts. We're off. Sally settles at my feet. The window is open and I'm a little cold, so I stand up and slam it shut. The loudspeaker fizzles into action. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the 853 Mersey Rail train to Liverpool, calling at Wallasey Grove Road, Wallasey Village, Birkenhead North, Birkenhead Park, Conway Park, Hamilton Square, James Street, Moorfield, Lime Street and Liverpool Central. We're travelling at approximately 60 miles per hour and the weather is shite. I mean, terrible. So, aren't you glad you're inside? Everyone's listening now. We don't normally get this much patter. It's like he's auditioning for EasyJet. Or perhaps the Everyman. 
Anyways, my name's Blake and I'm your guard today. I'd like to say I'll be coming around with hot drinks and snacks, but I can't, because we don't have any. Laughter ripples along the carriage. But have your tickets ready, because I'll be having a look at them. Thanks for listening and thanks for travelling with us today. We arrive at Wallacey Grove Road. It's the stop Ella, our oldest daughter, used to get off at when she was at St Mary's school. If I caught the earlier train, tons of school kids would pile off here. The door shut and we're off again. I love the way you rattle along. I suppose the new trains that are due to replace you will be smoother. But I don't mind the noises you make. They're sort of comforting. Some people are chatting further down the carriage and I can hear someone's muted music through their headphones. The guard comes out and shouts, Tickets and passes, please! I get my pass out and open it up. Ah, what a boss dog! He strokes Sally, who wags her tail happily. He then moves down the train. We begin to slow down as we come into Wallasey Village. A young woman with a pushchair sits down on the seat across the aisle, and I'm reminded of Debbie. Debbie was my first New Brighton friend, and we'd met here on this train. She was travelling with her youngest daughter, still in her pushchair, and we just got talking. We'd talk all the way. I loved it. Two mums chatting. And then when I had Vey, Debbie ran up to me in the school playground and gave me a present, and I invited her round for coffee. Debbie was my first local mate. The first person I could pop round and see. She died in 2009 from breast cancer. I still think of her. Especially when I'm sitting here. You remember Debbie, don't you? Yes. Of course you do. We slowly pull into Birkenhead North. This is where people change from Morton Mells, Hoylake and West Kirby. This is where Faye used to get off as she went to school in West Kirby. I love West Kirby. When the girls were small, we'd often do a day out there. Hauling picnic bags, bikes and balls off the train. Clambering over the bridge to the other platform to wait for the connecting train. Now the girls are older, David and I sometimes do the rural coastal walk from New Brighton to West Kirby, which takes us most of the day. After rewarding ourselves with chips from Marigolds, we get the train home, getting on at this stop for the final leg of our journey. But lots of people get on here, as there's a great free car park at the station. It is, however, a pretty run-down area. One night, when travelling home from a day's work in London, some lads threw a can of beer at me. Furious, I stood up, said, Do you mind? Then, realising how ridiculous, how middle class I must have sounded, sat back down. About five minutes later, one of the lads came over and began to talk to me. One by one, the others followed. By the time we got here, which was their stop, we were all chatting. At least one of them was off his head on glue or something, and the others had all been drinking. But there were small boys underneath it all. The youngest, I reckon only twelve. I'd felt so sorry for them. What chance did any of them have? How come they were out on their own? Where were their loving, caring parents? Birkenhead Park, 
the last stop before we go into the tunnel, and where I used to have to get off as part of my coping strategy when pregnant with Ella. Gosh, that was a long time ago. I was big. We're talking late term, seven months or so. I'd get on the train, sit, and immediately feel sort of tight, restricted, claustrophobic. I'd start to overheat, I'd get really hot and sweat, be unable to breathe, I'd panic, have to fight my way off and stand on the platform and... <sighs> breathe. 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 Then get on the next train, seven or so minutes later, and hope to make it to work. When Ella was fourteen and Faye eight... I had a summer job, which meant we all had to get off here every day. Remember? I was part of a production of Shakespeare's The Winter's Tale. The girls had to come with me to rehearsals as it was their holidays, and they were too small to be left at home. I'd felt so guilty about that. Each day dragging them here with a picnic bag, pens, pencils and drawing books. But I needn't have worried, for the huge community of actors welcomed them into their midst, and they had the most fantastic time. It felt as though Birkenhead Park herself weaved her natural magic upon us all. As for the production, it rained most of the summer, but dried in time for the performances, which were a huge success. We all remember it as one of the best summers we ever had. We charge into the tunnel. The sound changes, becomes louder as you power downwards. I think this is the part of the journey I like best of all. Conway Park is the stop for Birkenhead Town Centre, the Europa Pool and the View Cinema. This is your most recent station, opened in 1998. It's a long way down. There are 99 steps if you choose to walk up instead of using the lift. That's a lot of steps. We take off again and then stop at Hamilton Square, a beautifully elegant square of Georgian buildings. It's the last stop on the Wirral side, the last stop before we go under the Mersey. Now, under the river. Sometimes when we're traveling through this part of the tunnel, I imagine the massive tidal river above. In places, it's more than three miles wide, but at this point, between Birkenhead and Liverpool, it's less than a mile. All that water, moving slowly over our heads, just 30 feet or so up. Amazing. Then you toot your horn as we come into James Street. The guard announces, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Liverpool. We're here. You've made it. But I'm not surprised. I've travelled with you so often over the years taken you for granted. I, accompanied by my darling dogs, first Irma, then Crystal, Emily, Abby, and now Sally, have all known you. They've guided me on and off your trains, have all known intimately the routes to the lifts, the barriers, and ticket offices. I've loved that freedom. Independence. And you're so reliable so constant, so close to my home. 
Aesthetically, I don't think you'd win any prizes. You're not as sleek as the Japanese bullet train, or as impressive as the two and three story trains of Australia and Europe. But you do have charm. A battered sort of charm. A Liverpool-friendly charm. Yes. There is definitely something about you. Love, real love, isn't dependent on looks anyway. Especially not in my case. Real love is something else, based on trust, built up over time, made up of a complexity of feelings, reflecting what has been given and what is given in return. The memory of events, both high and low. Laughter. Tears. Little gifts of life, packaged in time. Thank you for the gifts of memory you have given me. I will come back to you. I don't know when we're going to get out of this, but we will. And yes, I'm scared. Don't know how I'll cope with so many restrictions on touch. Touch being my way of seeing, navigating. Don't know how I'll be able to socially distance when I can't see those around me. Don't know how that will work. But I do know, when the time comes, you'll be there as ever, ready to open your doors and let me on board. Ready to whisk me away, fast track me into town. So, this is not a note to say goodbye, but a promise to say, I'll be back soon. Love, Mandy. Hello, it's me. I'm sorry I've been so quiet for a while. Things just get so busy. I lose track of what's important. I'm sorry. I hope you don't mind too much. I'm by the docks, overlooking the Mersey. And I'm here, looking out of the water. Doing something for the way my heart works. I've stood here looking at the glinting reflection of that water more times than I can count. It's still here tonight. Quiet too. I thought there'd be more people around, but I must have just missed them. It's just you and me here. Something about being at the edge of a river like this, isn't there? Being here, it's hard not to think that this is it. All that matters and all that is on the edge of everything. It feels like the river caused me. I wonder if you know what I mean. A bit of the same for you. Things are okay for the moment. Everyone's fine. Nothing really changes. I'm tired, but I think you already knew that. That's why I came down here, actually. Being here, it feels like it resets me. It's as if I have a dull ache all over. The muscles tied and knots very deep, but being here, it eases them. Maybe it's for sea air, maybe it's for time and space just, just to be here and think. I don't know. It just does. I don't know what I'd do without it. It's impossible to underestimate how important this place is. Without it, the city wouldn't be here, not in the same way. Our voices, our identity, all of it, are because of where we are and how the river has shaped us. We owe it so much. It's in our veins. The way we do things, we feel its currents and its pull, and 
we belong to him. I spoke to Dad the other day. He told me about how he used to swim here in the Nazi. I didn't believe him. He was ins insistent now and sincere in a way I couldn't ignore. It felt like one of those folk tales that was passed down, handed from one person to the next with things like dates and specifics shedding away until you have what's left. I couldn't see why anyone would want to swim here. I'd heard how ferocious it was. I'd heard about the currents too, how they're tricky to navigate, difficult in boats, let alone when it's just you in the water. But then he told me why, and I began to understand. It must have been hard back then. Jobs weren't easy to find. You'd been all over the world, after being a stoker in the engine rooms of ships, going to places like Australia and Burma. Coming back here though, there wasn't much around. He'd even slept under a tarp for three months somewhere down south, chopping trees to survive. I guess that was the most important thing, really, survival. Dad said the swims were in Jordan's races, competitive for money. I can't imagine the strength of a freezing water as it swirls around your body, seizing up muscles, sending you one way or another, making you do a dance in the water of its own devising. Sounds like an ordeal for potentially no reward. But I guess the reward was a way of keeping on. It takes a lot to do what you did. A special kind of determination. I really hope we share that. I don't know if you won at all, but I know you managed to do what you needed. Dad swam in the river too, but that was different. He was off the shore of New Ferry and it was childlike and carefree. Different to what you did, but possible because of you, Grandad. Sounds like you lived a life worth knowing. And I'm sorry that I didn't know about it sooner. I never asked, really. By the time that I was born, your life was an echo, and I was only vaguely aware. I'm sorry I never thought to ask. The way I know you now is the way others knew you. To me, you're a patchwork of voices and memories that shaped my impression of you. But from what I do know, I know that I'm proud to be your grandson. I'm glad that our river offered you a chance to keep going. Coming here, it's a way of remembering you. It feels like you're here. I know at some point, I'll leave the city and the water. I don't know where I'll go or when, but it will happen. Someday, I'll be far away from here and from the place I remember you. But it's always going to be a part of me. I know my heart will always belong to the sway of her mercy. But I want to see the world just like you did. I'll be a shadow to your old footsteps. That reassures me. I'll go to places far away and I'll come to know you. When it's said and done now, the mercy will be the only river I want to look out. Crossing over. My mother huddles here, on this weather-battered ferry, collar up and plastic, clammy-skinned, drips teetering on mascarid lashes, knees warmed with sodden paper wrappers, swaddling chips smothered in gravy. Together we press, showing warmth and battered bits. This, this is where we came. Sitting together, we mapped a future, traced an arc in damp skies. As if anywhere should hold our soul. 
Would it not be where we most deposited our dreams? With vacuum flasks and sweetened cocoa. Chip butties. Fish flaking. Battered. Yielding. Golden coated. Rain sodden as we were crossing over. Hi, I'm Frank Gottschall Boyce. I'm pretending to be on holiday by sleeping in a tent in my back garden. And I've been asked to share uh, for a picnic a happy everyman memory. And I've got lots of everyman and playhouse memories, all quite cheerful. But the most important one for me was way back when I was at school. In September, I joined the youth theatre. And I was full of swagger and self-confidence. And I went with a boy from my class called Stephen Sims. And there was a man in charge of the youth theatre, I think his name was John Witcherly. And um, I said I, was, I declared myself a writer. So he let me write the Christmas show, uh, which was a version of Beauty and the Beast. But, you know, very arty. I'd seen photographs of the John Coxo film. I hadn't actually seen the movie. And I wrote it and it was bloody terrible. And he had a read-through, like a proper play. And it was obvious at the read-through that it was bloody terrible. And I had to work really hard to make it good. And that doesn't sound like a happy memory, but it was the making of me. Because until then I'd been sort of strutting around and full of cockiness. And that was the first time I got introduced to the discipline of getting it right. And the fear of that you are going to end up in front of an audience. So the youth theatre made it possible for me to be answerable to an audience. And to have the rapture of listening to them laugh in the right places. And the horror of watching things not land. What an opportunity that was to be produced, to work on a production when you were in your, I think it must have been about 15, 16. Amazing, amazing experience. And the boy who came with me that day was Stephen Sims, who became an actor at the RSC and is now professor at Birmingham. So not a kind of jolly puppets and ice cream memory of a great night out, but a, a memory of being introduced to the discipline of getting it right and a gratitude for that fantastic opportunity that I and lots of other people like me who joined the youth theatre for a lark really mostly just to gain permission to go into town at night um, when we were too young to go to Eric's or whatever um, to belong to a feeling of being part of something and to be part of a cohort that went on and did interesting things. So um, it's really a big thank you to the Everyman New Theatre of um, long, long ago. I'm going to go back in my tent. Thank you, Everyman. Hi, my name's Julie Cutler, and this is my poem and it's called Through Their Eyes. Through their eyes, my city has come alive. The parts that should never have died, but did. Like a wallpaper that's been up for a while, gets unnoticed. But through their eyes, I can find new delight. In liver birds, poised, for flight and the Mersey ferry set sail. 
a street of hope, which is what they deserve, joins two Christian churches who still welcome their prayer because they pray for better times, as do we. So it's my joy to play them, a Beatles refrain, for the very first time to hear Penny Lane and to visit the places that the song alludes to and feel the warmth of every person who welcomes them and in turn gets to view the city through their eyes, our own Liverpool. I could see you, but you couldn't see me through the veneer of coach glass anonymity. Sibling love isn't so easily defeated. We laughed, then you cried, waving goodbye blindly to the soundtrack of diesel engine lurch. I felt tears too, dry-eyed, sweaty, palm, restless, empty-seated anxiety, a one-way ticket and a bag for life. It had come on quick. Four days prior to the admittance, I'm sick. Ed popped and whispered, shouted, self-will failed me, and off I went. Eyes full with cumulative dread, a blue rope to bis, no note left. In the place I knew so well, Yorkshire's fields, I love your smell. And through air, helpless hope, just a lost boy can't speak. Choked, vibrating phone. Not now, please. Vibrating phone. I'm on my knees. Answer. The other end was a light in dark. A voice of reason when all was stark. I need help and I need it bad. I need help and I need it bad. Surrendering to the fact that my way weren't working. The solution given was Liverpool. Get your sent to Liverpool. I'll come. The sun were on my left side, closed eyed, head rest, legs too long to fit. Feeling nervous, feeling sick. What's on the other end of this journey is uncertain, but it's better than what's behind. Your next stop is Liverpool One. I remembered about being an island too much time spent, landlocked, dashed by gulls and salt. I've arrived, mate. Sound laugh. Be there in ten, hugged from a scouse art and taken to where I'd make my bed. Unfamiliar streets, unfamiliar tones, guided by faith for the first time and I didn't feel so alone. A lot of firsts for the first day, speaking openly of addiction and how my life had decayed a shell. Nausea. Yes, I'll have a teammate, no sugars. And I get greeted with words not forgotten. Welcome home, lad. Welcome home. Fight or flight, and I'm not flying anywhere I've landed. I'll do what's suggested in this strange atmosphere. And your head knows you're onto it, it recoils in fear. Back to factory settings, a rabbit in headlight. Attend these meetings, and it'll put you at ease. Too right. I'm Sam and I'm an alcoholic. 
it doesn't fit in my mouth but my mouth ain't speaking it's time for the gut too tired aching and i learn honesty and i strip bare no old bars in this long lost love affair the enemies within two sides the same coin teased out by liverpudlian wisdom and a house full of joy you speak and i listen born new under different conditions 17 rodney street you expose me within your walls i let out all unholy not to land on deaf ears self-belief shattered over years and bit by bit i come alive just for today i'll be worthwhile inspired by you liverpool your back kitchen quirks your solidarity when it hurts confidence in the face of defeat free graces live a bird's seat and i do the things i never could i do the things i never thought i should in your galleries and in your streets in your theatres cafes and parks the ebbing tide of the mersey's art i'm under your spell liverpool your beauty blinds me scousers my friends your spirits inside me i'm dyed in the wool dyed in the wool i wear it with pride lad dyed in the wool Thank you for listening to Love Liverpool and A to Z of Hope. I'm Jodie McNee and I'm an actor. I was in a production of Twelfth Night at the Liverpool Everyman. I played Viola in that production and it was actually the first play to open the new, brilliant, amazing, fabulous building that is the Liverpool Everyman. Um, it was one of them once-in-a-lifetime experiences, full of joy, full of spirit, full of love from the community, from Liverpool, full of support. Uh, every single night the audiences were just like there with us and I'll never ever forget it. And if you are in a position to please consider donating to the Everyman and Playhouse Theatres, if you go on their website, everymanplayhouse.com, you'll be able to donate there and that will help support our actors, our artists, help the theatre to keep making... Um, keep making extraordinary inspiring work and keep entertaining us um it'll also help the theater to keep doing their work in the community and with our young people thank you so much take care stay safe